Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Hello and welcome to part two of uh, my interview with Phil. Um, now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, this is purely focused on uh, a recent trip that Phil had taken with his family to Disneyland Paris um, and the way that um, he was treated, or, or not him directly, but his wife. Um, I think it's the most sensible time I've ever said wife. Well, anyway. Um, and this I found particularly upsetting. Um I still can't believe how the situation's been handled. Um, it just, just in this day and age, it just amazes me the lack of compassion that is sometimes shown uh, towards other people, and especially in you know a Disney park which people consider to be the happiest places on earth. Um, I think that's why it's even more shocking. If this was, you know, anywhere else or another theme park, I could not say it was right, but I could probably. Um, not be too shocked at, at how it's been handled, but at Disney, I do expect better. Um, and I hope you agree when you hear his story. Um, so uh, thank you, and without further ado, please enjoy part two of my interview with uh, with Phil. But I mean, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about what you originally approached me about. Yeah, I mean, we can you can edit this if you like cut those out um yeah so basically um what happened was and so i will start this saying i'm a huge fan of disneyland paris i've got there is negative there but pretty much positive we're both me and my wife are both infinity pass holders we've been four times this year already and we we got engaged at disneyland paris so it's got a special place for us. Mm. Um, we went there to celebrate my sister-in-law being pregnant, and she had lovely photos taken there. And we, this trip, we took our one-year-old niece on her first trip there. So it holds a special place for us. I'm no way a Disneyland Paris hater. I'm not, you know, I know Disneyland Paris fans get very um, defensive of their park, rightfully so, um, because they're passionate. And when people criticise them, they get upset because you're kind of upset in their second home. Criticising their second home, I get it. 
But what happened on this trip is pretty, I would say, the worst thing that's maybe happened to us in a Disney park, death for definite. And it goes up there with the way that we were spoken to, with one of the worst ways just in life. And I think it kind of needs to be discussed because this is going to be a problem for a lot of women um, as well. So just to kind of recap the situation um, as quickly as possible is we went there. My wife had her, I'm a green pass holder at Disneyland Paris. Um, And my wife said, you know what? We've always just been me and you. We just use yours. But I qualify because I have problems standing because of my endometriosis, which earlier I explained, her organs are fused together. Um, Because we're taking the baby, there's going to be times when her mum and dad want to go and do thrill rides with you. And my only option is to sit and wait with the baby. Or I could take her and do kiddies rides and meet and greets. Um, Now, on top of this, my niece has also been born with a condition where she has like birthmarks all over her body, like large birthmarks, um, and can't be in the sun for too long. So we were also, because it was very sunny and hot when we were there, we were also concerned about that. So my wife got her medical documents. Now, her medical documents, she got exactly the same as mine, and exactly the same as the ones I was given a green pass for. A doctor's letter stamped, like I said, to say that she has problems standing. Um, I don't think, actually, it might not have been stamped, but it was definitely dated, and it was signed off. So we went to the... Um, I, don't know how familiar you are with it, but the annual passport office. Right uh, to my left. Yeah, 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 yeah. We went in. We spoke to a lady. Um, she, I've actually spoke to her before. Um, I think she actually sold our friends there in your passes. Um, so we um, spoke to her and she said, oh, um, this is probably a green pass reason, uh, problem standing, but I'll speak to my... Um, I've never encountered the illness before, so I need to go and phone... I need to get someone to call. Oh, I need to call the medical screening line. And they will tell you, tell us whether or not you're green or not, you pass. So my wife was like, oh, okay, fine. It's the same like same, same circumstances as my husband with the problem standing. Like, you just gave him his. And she said, yeah, but his illness uh, was, like, we didn't know what it was. So we just gave it to him which was a weird thing to say. Like, I don't expect people to know what my illness is. It's incredibly rare. But like, this is on our system. Um, so um, endometriosis was on their system, so we need to find the screening line. So then at that point, a male member of staff came over and said, I'll do it. Fine. He came back and told us that my wife was eligible for an orange pass because her illness might go away by the next trip. So we explained that it wouldn't. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, it definitely isn't. She's had it, you know, for six years, she's known she's had it, born with it. It's not going away. And he said, yes, but the thing is, it's just women's problems. Lots of women have this. And have, you know, it's just, like, that was his phrasing, it's women's problems. Um, and then he said, you know, you will get better from it. And now at this point, my wife burst into tears. Um when you're trying to deal with the realisation that you might not have children and you're also there for your niece's first, and it's her sister's baby, so it's her biological niece, first birthday, and you're spending time, we spend a lot of time with our niece, it hits hard for a man to mansplain your illness to you and tell you you might get better. She burst into tears and went and sat down. Like, there's some steps in there that lead to, like, some couches. She went and sat down. I continued to deal with them. I accepted the situation. At no point did I say to them, no, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. I tried to explain to him that endometriosis is a spectrum. Could they speak to the screen line again and explain how organs are fused together, like the letter says? He went back, he came back, he said, no, it's still the orange pass. So I said, okay, that's absolutely fine with me, but I'm not happy with the way you've spoken to my wife. Now, what I will note is at this time, not a single cast member, and there was five on the floor, went and asked my wife if she was okay. They all just stood there as she was crying, you know, her makeup was running. 
um, that was there's no compassion from there. So I said to him, I'd like to speak to my manager because I'm not happy with the way that you've spoken to my wife. He then argued with me about why he even needed the manager. And she said that he didn't have a manager. So I said, okay, so you run kind of the show. Um, how would I complain about you? And then at that point, he said, I'll go and get a manager, but you'll have to wait. So I said, no, that's fine, I'll wait. So I waited for half an hour. Um, the manager came, and I said to her, like, I'm unhappy with the way he's spoken to her. Now, I understand this orange pass thing, but it benefits her, my wife. No, not it doesn't benefit her, because she doesn't go on, like, the big attractions anyway. Could you just, as a common courtesy for the way that your member of staff has spoken to her, just write on it? that it would be eligible so we could use it for the parade. So she can go in, we can all go in the viewing area together because apparently you can only take two guests, I think, or one guest into the viewing area with you. Right. Um, so she said, yeah, that's fine. Uh, she had a slight attitude about it. And I said to her, like, this just is not good. Like I said, this is an ugly situation. Like, I can't believe no one's done it. I said, like, you know, you really should be thinking of a way to make it up to her. Like, this isn't acceptable. And she just shrugged and said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, can you not think of anything? And she said, no, and just walked off backstage. So that was how we left. My wife was in pieces. Um, we were on our way out of the park anyway, um, and because we went to Village Nature. So we went swimming, and she kind of was getting over it. But this then back, like, because we were there for an hour, it backlogged what we were doing, because we then were late going swimming, the pool closed at eight o'clock and we got there like just as it was we had about half an hour so it was all like it affected our trip that way mm. also emotionally my wife was in pieces um we then the next day i tweeted at disneyland paris and i got a response from their twitter account saying can you go to main street i'd like to see hall to speak to someone now i thought that was a human being who had read my complaint I DM'd them, I didn't post it publicly, and had read it, and they were going to solve the problem. Or at least, you know, either sort out the problem as they will pass, or at least apologise. Mm. So I went there. Um, at this time, it's worth keeping note that I was suffering kidney failure. So I was yellow, incredibly bloated. I went from 11 stone to 13 stone, and was having problems walking. So I looked like death. Um... I went into City Hall and I met the worst cast member I've ever met, not met in my life. She was absolutely appalling. So basically, I went and spoke to her and I said, oh, um, I got this message on Twitter. And they said, come here. So she read my complaint and went, well, what do you want? And I said, well, like I was told to come here. So no one know about this. She went out the back and came back and said, no, what do you want? So I said, well, this is my complaint. And she went, oh, okay, um, Go and sit down, because um, I can see you're having problems standing, and I'll sort it out. So at this time point, I was like, oh, she's a bit abrupt, but maybe we've got something to work with here. Mm. Um, she then went to the passport office, and she got the young girl that we spoke to first and her manager from the passport office, which, uh, I mean, it's the most shocked I've ever been in my life. This was happening. And the three of them stood in City Hall and in front of all the other guests shouted at me. And at this point, no one, and still to now, talking to Disney, no one can understand that I'm not complaining about the card she was given. We've never said a thing about it. This was all about the way that the member of staff spoke to her and belittled her and called her disability women's problems. So these three cast members then shouted at me. Well, to be fair, the girl that I first spoke to in the passport office said nothing. But this woman from City Hall and this male manager shouted at me about how my wife will get better. It's just women's problems. I need to get over it. Um, to the point that when I'm sitting there thinking about our life, I, a 32-year-old man, I've got no shame in saying I just sat there crying. They continued just to shout at me. They then said, I don't know what you want. And I said, well, a, a sorry would suffice. And this cast member, this woman said to me, well, sorry, there you go. You got what we want. You got what you wanted. That was it. That, that's, that's what happened. I then left there. 
I didn't know what to do. My family were off doing things. So I thought, oh, God, like, who do you complain to if City Hall don't listening? So I walked out of the park to, like, where um, Donald's desk is. Yeah. The girl there didn't even give me the time of day. I then thought, oh, I tell you what, the Disneyland Hotel Concierge, they must know. But they'll be the best. Um, so I went in there, um, and the guy was like, well, here's an email address. I was like, no, but I want to speak to someone. Like, this is outrageous that this is happening. So then I thought, well, maybe if I go to the studios and speak to their, like, guest services. Went over there. The guy said, oh, yeah, I'll sort it out for you. Sit down. Went and got the same three cast members. And they came Um, You know, making accusations, claiming that I want something for nothing. Which, again, none of that was what we were even... Like, there would be no game because it wasn't what we were complaining about. All we were trying to do was explain that a member of staff has belittled a disability. Now, there's two things that kind of have struck me since then. That this is in the wake of Me Too, that this man has told a woman about her own body and like called her illness women's problems, which I find shocking, absolutely shocking. But also from research into famous people that have endometriosis, Whoopi Goldberg and Daisy Ridley have it. So there's two people that work for Disney and work with Disney, one of them, one of their biggest stars at the moment, who a member of their company classes her illness as women's problems. I cannot get over that. And we kept getting told, oh, it's the French government. These these things are put in line by the French government. Again, I find that just so hard to believe, but I also find that when... If it was me and I was in that position... And I don't know how much their hands are tied. If I had a woman crying in front of me to that point and I'd done that, I think I would have just given her a green pass. I think I would have said, no, it's okay. Let me sort this out for you. I'm so sorry. I think I'd have so, given her a free pass, let alone a green pass. I think she, like, I would have done something to stop it. So since returning, we've complained to Disney's uh, email address, and we literally got an email back again, and all it says is her illness is entitled to an No one is willing to listen to that's not what the complaint is about. Like, we've had replies from Twitter, we've had replies from, you know, whatever. To the So then this was happening, my wife is now in a position where she never wants to go back. So she's, like, normally, once I've had an operation, we book a trip like last minute and go is like a reward. Now I'm like, well, we're not going because she doesn't want to go. So Marvel summer, we were planning to go. Um, if we had a plan to go to fan days, we wouldn't have gone. Um, and Halloween, we've been planning to go. So they're all times now. She doesn't want to go. She's got no interest in it. She doesn't even want to talk about Disneyland Paris. And even to the point of we're trying to book our dining and everything for Disney World, she doesn't want to know. She's kind of turned off of it, which is... Know, devastating because uh, it's like our thing you know we had a Disney themed wedding we were engaged there it's a huge part of our life and she just has got no interest at the moment um, and then um, I was in such a desperate state of I don't know what to do I phoned the Disney reservation line because I know Americans answer the phone mm. and I spoke with a cast member who cried when I told her what happened she it was absolutely lost for words and she was nothing but apologetic and yeah she was brought to tears listening to it and you know how disgusting it was that a man tell a woman that her illness is a woman's is woman's problems I, I just think in this day and age it's shocking that someone would do that and I was thinking to myself imagine in any job that any of us do a woman coming in with a period pain and their boss saying, or a member of staff saying, ah, that's just women's problems, that you would be fired. You can't, or well, you'd be disciplined. You can't speak to people that way anymore, rightfully. Mm. Um, you know, and then it also being a disability on top of that, but also we provided what they want. So, 
it also appears that I provided what they want, exactly the same situation. My doctor's note wasn't stamped. Um, and they've gone, oh, here you go, sir, have it. My wife's gone, and they've gone, no, madam, you can't. And so it does feel like it's a a female thing. Like, you know, what this, it felt, and this man, the man spoke to a, 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 he was a horrible individual. He didn't make eye contact with either of us. And I don't know if that's the Disney brand. And like you were saying, only Disney have a right to kind of tell you who and who is and who isn't disabled. It's still, it, I don't know, it resonates a little bit being in this position. But then at the same time, we accepted the decision. Never once did we say, like we, well, at first we said to them, well, that's not right. But once they said, well, they were adamant, we said, no, that's fine. The complaint is about the way she was spoken to by the cast members. Yeah. And being that such a huge amount of women suffer from this problem, and it's a, like with your son with autism, it's a spectrum. Mm. So you've got women that are fine and some have discomfort. You've got some women who are in agony. Like, and then you've got, at the other point, you've got like people like Lena Dunham who have now, you know, had their uteruses removed because that's the cure. So it's, raising awareness of it but then also what's been really shocking is talking about it online and how many disabled people are happy to argue against you and say well it's fine for me and I just find it absolutely shocking that people I I think again people are failing to see the point we're raising it's not about the part even if they said to us no it's not at all she gets nothing it's just women's problems. It's the terminology that's being used. And um, I think as well, he may have even been like, I don't even think it's like a lost in translation thing because more than one person said it. And he kept saying like, you know, it happens once a month. Which is also weird because it leads me to believe that if you're on your period, they'll give you the same with past Islam Paris, <laughs> which might be a good thing to know. So that's what happened. Um, and yeah, that's it. So at the moment, I mean, I sent an email to Catherine Powell. I don't expect a response. But now I'm kind of in a limbo of what do we do? Because it's a difficult situation because it's like, and it's almost a little selfish, but I like going to Disneyland Paris. And so does my wife. Now she doesn't want to go anymore. So what do we do? But how do we move forward from this? Because is it now that she's triggered when she goes there or she's worried that, you know, she's judged, like you're saying about the judgment, you know, it's difficult. And then also like we both sat there crying. Like I feel personally, like I could never go back into city hall in Paris out of fear of that car's member being there. Because yeah. it's like an embarrassment, but also like, I don't want to talk to her. Uh, it's just, it's a very strange thing. Uh, but also like I find it so strange that if you're at the parks, your final port of call is City Hall. Like, there's no one above that. Yeah, it, I mean that that in itself that in itself is odd. Um, you know, I wouldn't worry about the crying thing too much because I mean I was crying earlier on, like during talking to you. So, um, although I cried at the end of Coco again for like the fifth time the other day, so you know, I think we're now in a world where it's more acceptable. But um, no, I mean. The, the only the only positive thing about that that side of things is you will remember those people. Mm. They probably won't remember you. Yeah, that is true. In, 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 in a way, I mean, there's there's every chance that they they might still do. I mean, you are not um, you know an everyday person, but at the same time, they deal with people, hundreds of people, day in day out. Everyone yeah. becomes a bit of a blur afterwards. But for you. It doesn't. That that is kind of it's probably ingrained in your mind now. The images of those people, um, and I can I can imagine what it must be like. And I think it's even more shocking. I'm glad you brought up her name, um, but at the moment, you know, Disneyland Paris is still run by a woman. Yeah, and also another thing on that note is. Um, 
when they're telling a woman who's been told she can't possibly have children, something that, and the reason that actually I was brought to tears sitting in the office was that there's lots of pictures of Walpop in the city hall in Paris. And all I could think of about was Lillian. And that did, that's the thing that got me in the fact that she, you know, she suffered miscarriages and how he must have felt in them times. And how would he have felt if his cast members turned around and went, well, it's just women's problems, isn't it? Well, I mean, what wouldn't have stood for it? Let's be honest. No, I mean, anyone that, you know. The baby out, it's just women's problems. Yeah. But it's unfucking believable Like, I just think it, imagine, I, I, just, I just can't. I, I mean, it's a shame because she doesn't use social media anymore, but it's almost like you need a champion, like someone like Daisy Ridley, to say, like, hang on a minute, what if I went? Like, you know, where it, it's, I just, I mean, I can't, I mean, I know I'm in pain all the time, but I can't fathom how women go about just having their periods monthly. Like, I just don't, I think it's amazing. I mean, all of it, like, you know, if it was the other way around, men would have found a cure for it. <laughs> if it affected men, we'd all get tampons and sanitary towels for free, and there'd be a cure. But it doesn't, it affects women, so it isn't a problem. You know, it's, and like you say, with Catherine Powell being a woman, I can't, and but the thing is, the cast member I spoke to was also a woman. And she was like, well, that's fine. I mean, it's just, and she was like, well, what's the problem with saying it's women's problems? It is. And I don't know if it's the French nonchalant attitude, but I find that now it's back owned by the Disney company, I find that wears thin. And I, but I was speaking to this American cast member, I said, imagine that happening in City Hall, in Magic Kingdom. Imagine walking in there and you seeing three cast members surrounding a thirty-year-old man sat crying. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't you ever. You can't even picture it because it's so unbelievable. It's mental. It is absolutely mental. And we were saying, and we said to friends and who aren't Disney people, and someone said to me, "Imagine if you went to a restaurant and you complained about your meal, and the waitress went out and got the chefs out." I went, "Well, there you go. Complain to them." And they all stood there shouting at you. It just wouldn't happen. It's meant, It's just absolutely mental. Like, where is that in their staff training? Someone comes in with a complaint, go and get the cast member. That they complain about. It's, it's absolutely insane. It's insanity. It, it's remarkable because, I mean, all of it is, is, is remarkable. Like, I just, I, I can't fathom it. I really can't fathom it. And, you know, I, I, the first time I went to Disneyland Paris was '92 when the year it opened, and I've been back, you know, pretty much every year since, give or take a little bit. But some years I might have gone multiple, so I've been a lot. Is essentially what I'm saying. <laughs> and I've very, very rarely experienced an issue like that with a cast member. Um, and but yeah, I you know some people you know have five days filled with different cast members that have all been absolutely horrible to them. Um, no, we've always had great cast members, I and just, on this trip, everyone else were, was great. Yeah, but but for something, I, it's it's a sheer magnitude of it. I think that is just just so confusing to me. Because the thing is, as well, sometimes it can be how you interpret things. Sometimes, as you say, the French have a, a different attitude to have, how we are. So sometimes they can be a bit uh, more affrontive, might be a bit more sharp and yeah. precise to the point. Um, and those things you kind of have to accept a little bit. And some people, you know, accept that's part of the culture and other people don't and have a miserable time. But we're not talking about someone just being a little bit sharp. We're talking about somebody taking a, a permanent medical condition and just writing it off as the same thing that every woman gets once a month. But it's not just that. It's belittling her as a human being. It's the way he mm. spoke to her and belittled her and explained her illness to her. Yeah. Like that's mental. Like it's absolutely. And then the woman who spoke to me. But what I find there, Nick, is what you say is about Disneyland Paris and the cast members. Is something that's actually like this is going to make me sound like a complete knob. But we've been trying to stay at all the hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, we're one away, Newport Bay, from getting the bingo. Um, so a few trips ago, we stayed at Castle Club in the Disneyland Hotel. The people in Castle Club were the worst cast members I've ever met, other than these people. They were awful. 
right? So the people that are, like, it's expensive, but they were useless, like, absolutely useless, the cast members in that, that lounge, uh, in that lounge, in that, like, you know, concierge, whatever. Absolutely useless. The cast members in City Hall are often useless and rude. And when you find the Infinity Pass privilege line to book things, the cast members are rude. And don't know what's going on, don't know any information, and are very abrupt and rude, don't want to, like, chit-chat. This trip, we say that David Crockett Ranch, the cheapest hotel, the nicest cast member I've ever met in the world. <laughs> so why is the luxury side of Disneyland Paris the cast members so horrible? Like, it's like a punishment for them to work those things. Or is it entitled people all day long? I was going to say, I, I actually think I know the answer to it. I think it's the type of people they normally deal with. Yeah. It's, it's twofold. It's twofold. Because what it could be, it's either the way, it's either the people that they deal with and how rude that they are because of their expectations or that you're there. You know, like I'd, I remember we went to going over to Disney World. I remember going to uh, have breakfast at. Um, Park Fair, what's it called? Mm-hmm. 18... 1900. 1900 Park Fair. And we went there, so we went to Grand Floridian. And the Grand Floridian is in, in some way similar to Disneyland Hotel. Like it's, you know, same kind of era, mm-hmm. um, you know, similar kind of theming in some of it. Um, but you felt there was this air. Oh, yeah, it's uncomfortable in there. Yeah. Yeah, and all, and the thing is, like, we weren't we weren't dressed in like football shirts and you know football shorts and stuff. We, looked, we didn't look scruffy, but we didn't you know we weren't wearing suits and ties either. But we felt out of place. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you do have these, like you do stay in these kind of luxury things, you like I'm sure you don't act in that kind of way. Oh no, I do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm when we stayed Castle Club, I acted. Not towards staff, but I mean, I was entitled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be, isn't it? Like, uh, I've never been like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't lie about it. I walked around like you get that VIP fast pass. Like, it's different than going through the exit with a disabled bus. Like, you're full on balling through the park. Right? You know, you're like, you don't get annoyed when you wait in line to buy something. It rubs off on you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the truth. Um, but, no, I know what you mean. Like, it is... Also, like, people with loads of money just don't care. Yeah. Like, because they'll just pay their way out. Like, you're not bothered. So I guess you don't really need... Like, they're not... What have they got to complain about? Like, at the, like this is a good submission of people that stay at the Disneyland Hotel and stay in Castle Club. When we were there, um, a woman walked into Inventions and picked up a block, like a wheel of cheese. She wasn't eating in there. She just walked in and picked up a wheel of cheese and said to the, the waiter, kind of looked at her, and she went, I'm just taking this up to my room and staying in Castle Club. And he just looked at her as if saying, yeah, fine. And she just walked out with it. She said, because I've got some wine in my room. So she just walked out with like a wheel of bread. Like she didn't, and it was like, she came in down in a dressing gown and slippers. Like no fucks given. Like she just walked in, she took it. And she had a look up as if to say, like, stop me. Like, this is normal behaviour. And that, that is the people you're dealing with. Like, when you're in those those environments, like, we... Castle Club's an amazing thing because they have, like, a character breakfast every morning with, like, six characters mm. up in the lounge, but no-one goes to it. And the people that do go to it have just got so much money that they've stayed there because it's the best... So they're like two adults with like a teenage daughter and they don't care. So you've got these like six characters all walking around you trying to like, so we ended up like, by day three, you end up sick of them. Because you're like, oh, I'm just trying to breakfast and we poo here again. <laughs> like, go away. Like, you, you lose like kind of, so you do become like that's like self-entitled by like the, the third morning of staying there. You're a little bit like in that mindset because you take it all for granted. Like I, the first morning I woke up, I was like, oh, you can hear all the background music, how amazing. On day three, I was like, oh, God, I could do with a lane. I could do without not being on. It's irritating. So I think that is what you're saying is right, is it's the type of person you're dealing with, and that grinds you down. Mm. But I don't know, there's still 
<laughs> to me, if I was running Disney, I'd have my most compassionate cast members running City Hall. Like, why would you have someone that was like that? <laughs> like, I just don't get it. And then why? And also, in both times, like when my wife was sat crying and no one said anything to her, there was other people in here in City Hall, and it was a member of the public that came up to me as they were shouting at me, lovely Yorkshire lady who came over and said, "Are you okay?" And said, "No, come with me," and just took me out of there and away from them because she could see that nothing was happening. So a member of the public stepped in, but there was other cast members. Why did no one else stop what was happening? Mm. Why were they just, oh, we just turned a blind eye? So it must be a normal thing. They must see this all the time. So what I'm thinking currently, but I don't know if it's fraud, is I don't know whether to send the email I've sent to Catherine Powell to every resort in, or like a resort in Disney World and Disneyland and see what response I get. So claim the same thing happened and then see what they say and what their solution to the problem is. So just kind of pretend it happened at their results. Because I'd be interested to see, now that they're all owned by the Disney company, what Disney World would do. Because I reckon Disney World's a free trip. But then you kind of send an email saying, oh no, actually I made that up, it didn't happen. Afterwards. Or try and find a cast member friend who works in customer services in those parks to tell me what they would do. But it doesn't really work as well as if it's in writing, does it? No. If you have a written email from Disney World, like a response, and one from Disneyland as a response, then you can send that on to Disneyland Paris and say, well, look, your sister parks seem to have a different attitude to you. So what's the difference? But then does it come down to French law? So what I don't really know about. I know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I know people listen to this that work in Disneyland Paris, um, but none that I think could probably help. I know some that work in Disney World uh, listen to this podcast um, who who might be able to get in touch and and uh, let me know, and I can obviously let you know by proxy um, mm. what might happen there. But I do hope that anyone listening to this. Um, if they could help in any way or can pass on to some this on to somebody who could that they do because I think that's that's my big thing now um I don't think I've ever it just uh, said so the whole I've had a really good time chatting to you and I hope people have enjoyed our chat um there will be some of it edited out so it won't it won't they won't hear everything um but you know if there's one thing I want to come from this and you give me your time to tell you tell me what has happened to you and, and more importantly your wife is that something you get a response you're not asking for a free holiday you're not asking you're not even asking for a bloody green pass what you're asking is for some clarification or some justification that what has been said and the mansplaining and the attitude of people is absolutely spot on and that you've not been treated badly. But well, I cannot yeah. see how anyone can sit there, listen to what you've said, and can turn around and say, no, you know what? They were spot on about that. No, what, what all I want, and I know it sounds like a ridiculous thing, but really all I want is my wife to have an apology. Yeah. What I want is for the company to say, no, like, you know, that wasn't, uh, that's not right, and we are taking the measures to educate the cast member that dealt with you and your your wife, both cast members. We're taking the steps to educate them on, you know, how they speak to people, and we can assure you that this will not happen in the future. That's all I want. Like the same as if you send a meal back at a restaurant, and the waitress comes out and goes, "Oh, well, God, oh, I'm really sorry about that. It won't happen again," and then goes back and says to the chef, hey, "That's raw," you know. And it happens behind closed doors. And I don't really even care if they don't speak to the cast member. If I'm completely honest. But I would like them to even pretend that they are doing that. Because at the moment, they're just saying, no, we're right. Orange pass. And they're failing to understand the complaint. 
Well, the thing is, I mean, I think, you know, it's that it, weird part. Yeah. And the, and they keep saying, oh, well, you know, we're sorry if you feel the cast member has spoke to you badly. Well, I don't feel it. I know it. Yeah. Like, my wife knows it. But then also, currently at the moment, it's affecting their bottom line. Because we're now in a situation where we've got two trips where we're not going to go. We always take people with us. The people we take normally, it's their first trips as well. And they spend loads of money on merchandise. And we're not going to renew our annual passes. So, because why would we bother? Because we're not going again in the foreseeable future. And that, what Disney, I know it doesn't matter because it's a drop in the ocean, but this past year we've signed six, like six people have bought annual passes because they've come with us. We're taking a family who've gone with their baby for their first trip and now my sister-in-law is like, we're going every birthday. But that kind of has now got a bit of taste, hasn't it? And we are, as much as, you know, we're not, inner ears or whatever you want to call it. We are ambassadors for the company. We take, you know, we're taking six of us are going to Florida for my um, wife's 30th, my um, father-in-law's 60th in November. So we do these big family trips and people go have a great time when they go with us and then buy new houses or book to go again. So we kind of like a travel agent slash ambassador for their brand. Um, albeit not socially, on uh, social media standard, you know, um, just the old-fashioned way. So it, it, does, it does affect them as a company. And when all you're really asking for is a sorry, I don't know why they can't give us that. I, d- I just think it's such a strange, such a strange opinion, like um, situation that, you know, it may be worth, they could have solved it in City Hall by just going, reading the complaint on the Twitter and going, oh, yeah, like, you just lie. Oh, yeah, they told us to come here. You're so sorry that happened. Uh, you know, feel it's awful. Um, and let me give you a free balloon. Or here's, you know, da-da-da. As like a little token gesture. And we would have been over the moon. But their, their continued response has made it worse and worse and worse. Like they're digging a hole for themselves. So it would almost get to the point where we could go to the papers about it. Or my wife could be tweeting, you know, no, she wasn't sexually assaulted, but, you know, she could be going on a feminist rampage, couldn't she, all over social media about it. Absolutely. Um, and also, just because of the situation, I got photos of all the cast members. Not that I took because of them, but I was taking pictures in City Hall and the passport thing, so they're all in the backgrounds. So if we wanted to go to the press, we've got photos, we've got everything. You know, and what also I would say that's come out of this, um, and my wife actually said to me um, about it, is if I was someone and I'm going to go and speak to a cast member for a complaint or for my disability, I would tell them I am, but I would record the conversation. Mm. Because some of the things that were said to us sound unbelievable by Disney standard. And so, like, part of the complaint, I feel like maybe people think we're making it up. So I would say to the customer, like, I'm filming, I'm recording this. And just let them, you know, and then just act normal. But let them know. And then, because I just, you know, it's ridiculous. I just think it's ridiculous. I don't know how to, you know, I've never been so lost for words over a situation and every and the fact is that they keep responding to us so like I keep getting emails and thinking like oh did that person reply to my wife's like eyes light up and then I read out the email and it's just more accusations and attacking her which <laughs> it, it baffles doesn't it it's as I said it is the most ridiculous situation I, I don't know I don't even know how long how it's been able to go on for as long as it has. I really don't. I, I, as you say, this is something that you should have been able to go into City Hall. You explain what's happened, and someone just turn around and say, "I'm so sorry that happened to you," because yeah. that's that's it. That would have been the end of it. People seem to like. I think the problem is, and maybe, and and this doesn't excuse it at all, but maybe the reason why this isn't the attitude. Is because we do live in a society now, and and I'm as guilty of it as as, as the next person. 
of being where almost the smallest thing is a reason to complain. You know, mm-hmm. you get people that complain to Tesco. This bag, this bag says there's 24 chicken nuggets on it with an, an asterisk next to it. But I counted and there's only 20 nuggets in it. What's going on? Um, you know, and it's, you know, because approximately, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, people just seem to want to be able to complain about something. And then if they're not given what they think they deserve, that's not good enough. Now, as I said, that's, that's not the same for everybody. I am somebody, I used to work in customer service. So I'm very, I'm one of these people that if I've not had good service somewhere, I will let somebody know about it. But equally, if I've had good service somewhere, I'll let them know you know, where I got it and and who gave me that good service. It works both ways, but we do seem to be part of a society now where people think that the more they complain, the more they get back out of it, which is the wrong attitude to have. You're completely right. But uh, the thing is, you're not, that's, and and I think the point I'm trying to make is that you're not trying to do that. You're not trying to get something for nothing. You are just trying to get the, the, the cheapest thing of all which is just a human apology that's all you're after um and maybe the reason that they've, they've, they've tried to be so defensive is because they think it's something more than that but no one takes the time now to actually understand what the problem is if somebody gave you the time of day whether that was reading your email or actually listening to you when you spoke to them like that person did on the phone and actually listened to what you were saying not you know they're seeing green pass orange pass they're making assumptions yeah and there's a la- there's a translation probably issue maybe as well possibly possibly but you know regardless of that you know at the end of the day translation issue or not i'm sure there's somebody there that they could check with if they they're not entirely sure but the, the fact remains that an apology is all that's required here. Nothing more, nothing less. The, the strange thing with that as well is, like, I worked as a waiter for 10 years in a famous roadside cafe that's no longer with us. Um, and my time there, I quickly learned that you can just say sorry to people is all they want. Yeah. So, like, yeah. if someone's breakfast was cold or their order wasn't right or whatever, and you just genuinely said sorry, then they'd just walk out of the restaurant, pay tip, and go. They just, that's all people want, is a sorry. And to, for you to listen to what they're saying and say, oh, I'm really sorry, it'll never happen again. Or, oh, it's so embarrassing, I'm so, so sorry. And be genuine. And even if you weren't, you know, you learn to fake it because you hear the same complaints all day, every day. And you, that's what people want to hear. But if you go on TripAdvisor and look at Disneyland Paris and the forums on there, you'll see that people get free trips because they saw someone smoking in the park and, you know, kick off until they get given everything mm. or they get their trips fully paid for or, you know, all kinds of stuff from the smallest complaint. So, like, you're right. Like, these people do shout and scream and they kill comp this and that. And maybe since Disney, the Disney company have taken over, they've looked at Paris and gone, bloody hell, they've been hemorrhaging money on freebies. Um, you know, what on earth is happening? And, you know, we have complained to Disneyland Paris in the past. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, even if they saw my email come up and say, oh, him again, the point is, it's a genuine thing that happened. You know, it's not that, and we're only telling them because it, one has affected us, but it affects other people. Yeah, well, it affected that whole trip, and and the worst thing about this—is uh, it the worst thing? I don't even know where you say the worst thing is, but this this all happened because you followed their rules. You yeah. did exactly what they asked you to do. You provided a letter in the format that they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And also for anyone that listens and thinks like, oh, it's you know, people trying to get disability passes. A thing to keep in mind is we went to the office, we were there for three days, and we went as we were leaving the park on day two to try and get my wife's parcel out. So we'd already had two whole days in the park where we weren't going to use it. And we had a bit of time in our day on day two to go and arrange it. We were going to leave the park, and then day three would have been a bit easier on doing stuff, you know, uh, for her. 
So it's not even like, you know, people that bowl in, like I said, like, you know, when we've done it in Disneyland, bowl in first thing in the morning, get your pass, start hitting rides up. So it's not even like a, you know, you can't even accuse her of that. And she doesn't ride rides outside of, you know, the dark rides. And Star Tours, she doesn't ride roller coasters, Tower of Terror, all the things that you'll be benefiting from. She doesn't do them. So it's not even a necessity. All she wanted was somewhere safe. And so she wasn't getting hit or in a scrum to stand and watch a parade of pilots with a one-year-old. It's not like she's asked for the world, is it? And also, you could argue, well, she got that because they gave her that. But because it's on an orange pass, it means she has to go back to get it again. Because the orange pass is only good for one trip. So she's saying, well, what if I see the cast members again? I'll have to go through all this again. And also, she paid for a doctor's letter, which they took. So she'd have to get another one. (laughs) So that's another 35 quid. So it's it's just... When you like start looking at it from a, and I I'm very good at you know trying to look at things from like a like subjective standpoint and take it all in and take a step back and think about every possibility through, but there's not a situation where I can see where they just don't say sorry, and I don't know why there's a refusal to say sorry, and the only thing is, and someone has mentioned to us, maybe there's more in it. Like, maybe we've got a massive case here. And if they say sorry, they're admitting liability. Like, they're admitting guilt. They send us an email and say, we're really sorry about this. That's our fault. We then have, like, fodder to go after them in a legal claim. And that's, you know, has crossed our mind that maybe that is why they don't want to admit guilt. I can't see any other justification for for not. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that is that is what it is. Um, regardless, all I can say is I hope that you know at some point, and it's not going to be because of this podcast because unfortunately we're not Watchdog or any, anyone like that. But um, you know, I do hope that there is a resolution to it. But I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because. I know that other people will be affected by this. As you say, it's it's quite a common condition um, nowadays. Um, and, you know, I thought it's good to make people aware just in case, um, you know, they are going for the first time or they, or they were planning to, to speak to, to um, you know, the disability team about this, to, to see about passes just to let them know, you know, what's happening in your situation. because Yeah, and it isn't considered a disability. I mean, our reasoning is is that endometriosis is not a disability in France. Mm. That is the reason. That That's like the cut and dry of it. So you're going there. And like my last thing that I'll say about the situation is I've been so lost of what to do. When I saw that Catherine Powell was meeting people on Saturday, I regretted not going to Fan Day so I could personally hand her the letter. Yeah. I, that's when you that's said about you'd emailed her. That was my first thought as well. Is that that's the only thing that's a shame? Knowing that she was speaking so openly to a lot of people that were there, is that no one could have done that for you? Yeah, and just taking it and said, you know, I, I just handed the letter. Not, you know, I wouldn't want to get into a discussion with her, but just say, you know, I've written you this letter. I'd love it if you could take the time to read it. Yeah. And that's yeah. it, because I don't think she's going to read her email. I'm sure she's far too busy to to read it or reply. But, I mean, the cast member in America, is well, that's what they suggested and gave us her email address. Well, I, I wish you in that regard the best of luck. Thank um, you. But before we go, and Sid, I, I, I'm so sorry I've taken so much of your time, but right. <laughs> um, you did mention earlier on, I didn't want to get too into the specifics of it because uh, I didn't know what you wanted to talk about and what you didn't want to talk about, but you did mention earlier on about graphics. Yes. Um, and and so, you know, before we went, I just wanted to just give you the chance to let people know about, uh, you know, I've seen your shop um, and the work that you do. You you knocked up a, a very uh, nice design for us, um, which uh, I, I shared with the team bef- 
just because I had it and I was like, look at what this guy's done. And they were all kind of like shocked just by the quality of the work. Um, and, you know, I've shown you your shop as well and, and your stuff on there is fantastic. So uh, I just want to just give you a few moments just to talk about what you do and, and what you sell as well. Yeah, um, I run a little shop. It's called Little Sparks Co. Um, you can find it on Twitter at Little Sparks Co. and Instagram. Um, basically, it's a little bit of everything, but um, I'm a professional designer and illustrator. do a lot of work with the rich and famous um, and big brands and things. And when I'm not doing that, because um, I don't get to do what I want to do all day long, to stop myself from killing myself, um, from making amendments, I draw what I want to, which is Disney-inspired stuff. Um, and recently, um, after having a baby niece, I started making Disney flashcards for kids, um, inspired by the parks. Um, there were I did some Disney World A to Zs, which are now sold out, um, and they're currently working on or getting printed Series 2. done some Disneyland flashcards. We've been working on baby milestone cards that you can take to the parks and hold up with your kids when they're like, you know, their first roller coaster or meet and greet, the parade, um, and their favourite things as well. So we do that kind of stuff, um, like kid orientated stuff, um, which is a lot of fun. And then the other, but the, the whole thing is it's got a twist. So it's like they're hipsters and like this, we call it for kids with taste. So it's not like a flashcard about like the obvious things in the parks. It's all to do with like geeky stuff, like casual progress. Um, and then the other side of what we do is I draw tattoo-inspired art to do with, this sounds so ridiculous, to do with uh, the attractions. But again, nothing anyone really cares about. So we do, like, Country Bears, Castle of Progress, um, and, like, some very obscure Haunted Mansion things. Um, so it's kind of like prints and stuff that you can put in your house where people aren't going to come in and go, oh, you're a grown-up that likes Disney, what a weirdo. Uh, it's more like subtle kind of things that kind of, if you know it's Disney, you'll know it's Disney. So that's what we try and do. Um, got some nice collaborations with some cool brands coming up as well. And, yeah, so we just do that. You can find it all on Etsy, or if you just go on Little Sparks Co. on Twitter, you can link to there. And then all this money that we use we uh, used to take my niece um, to Disney um, as respite from her time in Great Ormond Street. So we don't even really benefit. <laughs> like, well, we do, but we take, yeah, use it all to fund my niece's trips. It's amazing. That's I, I didn't I didn't know that that side of it. I, I'd obviously looked at the the work that you do, and I, I mean, I love the tattoo stuff. I'm somebody. I'm married to the illustrated woman, like. She's got tattoos all over the place. I still don't have a single one. Uh, I do. I will get one at some point. I've just never found the right design. But my my father-in-law is sixteen. Just got his first. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm not going to wait that long. Always time. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, your work is is just outstanding. So I wanted to let you you know let people know where to find you because um and i you just did i don't know if you've still got any left actually but i know you did one for fan days with uh, oswald and um oh yeah it's still like whatever yeah, faces i can never remember yeah. what her name is. So, like everything we do is super limited as well mm. so we do like runs so like the flashcards we do 100 and that's it and like we've had since selling out flashcard series one we've had like 400 emails of people wanting to buy it but we'd never put them back on sale. We just do something else. Um, so we've like a lot of the prints we do ten and that's it. So like you're not getting some of this mass produced kind of um stuff. It's really is like not one of a kind, obviously, but really nice small runs where yeah. you can have this yours. Um and also if you buy a tattoo print, I give you permission to get the tattoo. Oh well, that that could change a lot of things. Yeah. So uh... I'll come and cut it off your arm. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's it. So like, and also like, so the rules are because I used to work in tattoo shops. So the rules are you can get it, but you're not allowed to argue with the artist. So like, if the artist looks at it and goes, "Oh, now I need to change these lines here, here, and here," that won't work. You're not allowed to be a complete dick and argue with them. You have to like respect their artistic stuff and their changes. Nice. Because 
paintings don't always translate into a good tattoo. So like, that's what we try and do. So we just try and make it so everything's friendly. We uh, In life, as our design company, me and my wife run, we try and be the friendly people in design. And we just try and put out good vibes and try and make things make the world look more beautiful. And that's why I did that logo for you, um, that little design, because in my opinion, uh, there's not many podcasts that actually have any good design. Um, and I'm happy to do it for nothing. If people just reach out to me, like I work with people in the Disney community, like uh, Mr. Cheesy Pop, who's a vlogger, he wanted a T-shirt done. And I just say, to, my main thing is I'll say to people, I'll do it. You make a donation to charity. And that's kind of how I run the Disney stuff. So I'm never looking to make like a buck off it. Just want people to have something nice rather than not. That's that's really really lovely. That is really lovely. Uh, and it's it's in a in a world, especially like a Disney world that we are in on social media, a refreshing change. Yeah, I mean, that kind of mindset to it. The only time I whatever like take stuff is like sometimes locals to the parks if they want like fi- like things done, um, and it's not about raising money for Poppy's trips or whatever. Then I'll say to them. Oh, if you want to grab me something in the parks and send it, but as a surprise, let me know. So, like, sometimes it's just a, like they'll send a key ring, which is awesome. But in the other times, people send me t shirts and mugs and stuff. And that's kind of cool because I get like a surprise in the post. Nice. But they're also paying what they want to pay. Mm. So, like, we kind of do that as well. Um, if we know the people and we're friendly with them, but nine out of ten times, we'll just say, just make a donation to Keep Kids of the World. Or a charity, a children's charity, your choice. And you can add your design. Because at the end of the day, we make a living anyway. So it's, we just do it all for fun. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I think it's been really inspiring, uh, all of it. Maybe not so much the Chris Pratt stuff we talked about, but <laughs> yeah. or even the West Ham stuff at the beginning. But certainly... <laughs> Um, the stuff about you know your condition, your wife's condition, your experiences in the parts globally, and obviously her recent um, issues with Disneyland Paris, um, and just appreciate your time and, and thank you for being an inspiration and, and thank you for uh, speaking to us. Thank you. What a truly awe-inspiring person! I just couldn't imagine living my life day to day with the the health issues that he has and be able to remain so positive and not letting that affect his life I think that's the most important thing Um, and certainly what I'll be taking away from this podcast is that you know when life deals you a bad hand is to not let life win you know, most people would not be doing the kinds of things that he does. Um, you know, he's been to more Disney parks than than I have, or most of us have. Um, with all those issues, it's it's just remarkable and shows you that if you want something, you need to go for it. Um, I just enjoyed talking to him so much. Um, you know, we all have our problems in life, and you know, obviously, I, I talked about the previous episode a little bit about. Um, my son and, and how that affects our our day to day life and you know we don't it, it it is sad and it's and it's hard but there will always be people that have uh, a more difficult situation than you your problems are are not nearly often as big as you as you think they are and you know I think anybody that that has issues whether they're uh, physical, mental we all suffer from things in certain ways and I think the lesson to take away from these these episodes is just, you know if you want something, go for it do not sit there and mope you need to really grab the bull by the horns and, and achieve what you want just love talking to him um, as I said, there is a slightly longer conversation on the, on the Patreon if you want to um, listen to that you can do Um and also visit his his Etsy shop. Um, you know the fact that he does it, he, he does his work in that way. I think is is also quite inspiring because you know most people 
you know, do need to make a quick buck. And, you know, for him to do it for that particular reason, I think is is really nice uh, and makes a pleasant change from some of the community. So I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. Um, I enjoyed making them. And um, the next episode will not feature me. I will not be on it. I know a lot of you are sick of my voice, so don't worry, I will not be there. I guarantee I will not be on the next episode. Uh, I know that because it was recorded and I wasn't there. Um, but thank you for listening. If you can help Phil as well, please get in touch with us. Um, you can drop us an email at podcast, at, sorry, at disafterdark at gmail.com even, um, or send us a private message on Facebook or, or Twitter if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. Um, but I would just love to try and help him in some way. So if you are able to in any way, please, please let us know. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, there'll be a new Disaster Dark minus me next week. So until the next time I'm with you, thank you. And we'll speak soon. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode, we hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for your continued support. Podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.